0: Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of the RevOps Podcast. I am, of course, your host, your one and only host, Jordan Henderson, the director of RevOps Ring and I am joined today by Brandon Rev. At Randall, what but, company? What company do you work at? Ah, we, we did rebrand. I am going to get that wrong 700 times. Everybody <laughs> who's listening, ringing a is now revenue.io. Super Woo-hoo! important. Yeah. I am a senior, and I'm also the senior director of RevOps. I got it all wrong. I got every bit of it wrong. Um,
1: <laughs> Wait, is this another one where you're giving yourself a promotion
2: here? What's
0: going on? <laughs> How else do you get them? You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: the easiest way.
0: But, joined today by, well, you've heard them, Brandon, Jonathan, they're being super annoying already, so this will be a great episode. (laughs) Uh, Go ahead and say hi, guys.
1: Hey, guys, what's up? Really excited for another episode. We're off to a hot start. Hey, guys.
0: Strong. Strong to quite strong, for sure. Um, (laughs) All right, and so we're going to continue this week. I I know we've had a couple of special episodes in the the recent weeks and super excited about uh, some of the things we've been talking about, but a low-hanging fruit RevOps 201 topic today that I expect so much participation from Brandon and Jonathan that I don't even have to speak, which is super exciting for me. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about marketing metrics to align your revenue operation. Imagine oh, that. Yeah. A couple of marketing guys here. Well, one RevOps guy, one marketing guy. Jonathan is officially a RevOps guy now. He's, he's migrated over to the, the bright side, no longer on the dark side. Congrats. <laughs> but... but marketing metrics. And so, super interesting. And I want to start with, I think, I think there's a ton of marketing metrics, right? And a ton of them that don't actually even help you align. It's just kind of like sales and CS. There's a bunch of stuff that's like, cool, it's like good to know, but like how many phone calls your seller's making is not necessarily helping me align my revenue operation, right? Uh, but one that one that really does, I think, in a lot of ways help you align your revenue operation, CAC, customer acquisition cost. Super important metric across your entire business. So many ways to look at it. Who wants to give a definition? One of you has a good one for this, I bet.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, so CAC stands for yeah, Customer Acquisition Costs. And it's, it's basically taking your you know, fully loaded sales and marketing costs in a specific time period. Um, and you divide that by the number of new customers in that same time period. Um, and that, that is your, your CAC.
0: I got nothing to add to that. I got nothing to add. That's a pretty easy one. Twenty-two episodes later, finally we found the one. Uh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Wow! Blown away, absolutely blown away. So, CAC obviously super important, right? Like you have to know how much you're spending to acquire new customers, and and. By the way, it's super important that this is an honest metric. I think a lot of people are like, yeah, like no, like we're not going to count like these three things because it's not really what we spent to acquire. Like, no, you you have to be honest about your CAC, otherwise you're you're misaligning your business because you're basing decisions off of a flawed metric, right? And so, super important to keep CAC honest. Brandon, why is CAC important to you? What do you? How do you use CAC?
1: Okay, so yeah, so but before we dive into that, I I, I want to touch on something you said there. Like defining this is is very important, right? Like, you'll notice I said, you know, it's fully loaded. A lot of people are really like, no, it's just the the um, amount of dollars that I put in my ad platform.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? It's like, no, yeah. that's not even close. Like, no,
0: no it's, that's like 30% of your spend. At best. Yeah,
1: exa- yeah, exactly. So, yeah, fully loaded means you're actually taking into account your, your headcount. Totally. And, and it's blended too, right? It's not just marketing. It's sales, sales
2: and marketing.
0: Yeah, yeah. Right?
2: Same thing in my book.
0: That's right. Ah, yeah. yeah. I love it. I love there it. You go. I totally agree. It's your entire revenue operation, really. Like at the end of the day, and, and um, I mean, and, and it's crazy because big companies are doing this, right? Like I, I was reading the other day, the aspiration, which you guys see, in, like they're they're a bank, I guess, ostensibly, they like invest for you know better. Uh, a better future in the world. They invest in like green things. They actually don't. If you look into what they invest in, it's actually like pretty terrible. It's like oil companies and stuff. But I um, <laughs> think they, they're doing
1: carbon offsets. And yeah, they, they, they are doing carbon. As, yeah, what they're doing. Yeah, yeah it's, exactly.
0: It's, it's not. It's not exactly great. But no. um, they, they exclude marketing costs from a bunch of these metrics. Like, you, mm. how do you like? That's just dishonest. It's just dishonest. Yeah, exactly. And, and you're in your business is running poorly because you're excluding that. So we're on a whole tangent about this, but keep <laughs> <Yeah. if> your <laughs> metrics honest, like, because you can choose to skew CAC, right? Like I could choose to say, you know what, I'm not going to include my AEs because they're not fielding marketing leads. Or I'm not going to include my SDRs because they're just about piece upon the way. But all of that needs to be incorporated because you need to know what your honest CAC is. So you need to know where you can improve, right?
1: Right. So if someone tells you their CAC is X, don't just take that at face value. How are you calculating? Right? Yeah, exactly. How are you actually calculating this? Um, and then why is it important? I mean, it's, it's really a growth efficiency metric. That, that's really what it is, and that that actually tells me where and how I can be spending my money. If and if I have great CAC, then it's like okay, great. May, I can pour more into sales and marketing um, to get more back, and then that way. Or if if I don't have great CAC, I'm focusing more on optimizing the different pieces of the funnel that go into the CAC.
0: Totally. Right? So
1: I'm not ready to pour more fuel on that yet.
0: Totally. And, and Jonathan, Jonathan's nodding. Everybody, just so you know. Mm. <laughs> to your point, uh, Brandon, when I when I think about CAC, when I because there is no blanket good or bad CAC. Like that's mm. the thing that I think people think wrong. Like, oh, we're spending way too much. Are you in relation to how much the customer paying you though? Because that that's the other piece of this puzzle, right? Like, you can if I'm spending a thousand dollars, if my CAC is a thousand dollars, and my customers are paying me a thousand dollars a year, that's bad. But if I'm paying $1,000 and my customers are paying me $25,000 a year, it's a whole different scenario, right? Like that, That's an entirely different thing. So when I think about CAC, it's, yeah, it's, it's, is it high? Is it low? It's great. It helps me identify things. But like how is it in relation to what the customer is actually spending, right?
2: And not just in that year, it's also just the lifetime value. So if they're with you for five years, that comes into the equation.
1: Right. Well, too, yeah, too. well I, th- I think we're talking about two different things, too. Uh, two two different flavors of CAC here, too, because there's CAC ratio. And right? CAC so,
0: payback.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. CAC payback. And then your LTV to CAC ratio.
0: Right. right.
1: Which, which are all very important aspects of CAC that you should be looking at, too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Before you decide that your CAC is bad. You need to look yeah. at those things. <laughs> yeah, exa- exactly. Or before you decide it's great. And it's good. Yeah, you're like, "Oh, it's great." Like it's only $500. Like, "Oh, but our average deal is 250." Like, oof.
1: <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> or it takes, you know, 24 months to yeah. get that back and yeah. your average value or your average contract is not 2 years. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. No, exactly. I mean, even even longer than the one year. Like, I mean, it should be a few months, right? Like, ideally, and and if your CAC is above your LTV, I mean, Jesus, close the doors. It's over, baby. Uh, yeah, like, like, it's 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 bad in that scenario, right? It, it
1: is one of those that that investors look at a lot too, right? Like, if, if you have great CAC and short payback periods, you'll probably get more favorable terms on your next round. Totally. And, and and they will be more willing to give you more money so that you can pour more fuel in the fire. And, and uh, get you know, maybe you build in bullet terms on your raise and uh, you're able to pay that back to them quicker and you just get a higher valuation on the back of that. Like, totally. CAC, CAC matters a lot.
0: A ton. A ton. It also, so, so besides from, like, the the top, right? Like talking to investors, talking to board members, talking to your C-suite, like who, who are going to want to know your CAC and they're going to want to know it's honest and they're going to want it to be healthy. Like frankly, that's just all true because it's a very good indicator of the success of your business. It really, really is. Um, the other piece of it, and I'm curious your take on this, is is how to use CAC to then identify where to improve, right? And and so I'm curious, like when, when I, if I look and I'm like, you know what, my CAC is 5,000, my CAC payback period is 10 months, and my CAC to LTV ratio is... Two to one. None of these are great. None of them are, hey, the, the world is on fire, right? Like, I, I am getting my money back at some point. It's taking a long time. My CAC's probably a little high, so I'm probably spending a little much for what I'm returning. And my LTV is not as good as it could be, which is impacting my LTV to CAC ratio. So there's, there's, there's errors there. How am I identifying? I'm pro- say I'm in marketing, and I'm like, you know what? How, am I, what? how do I know what campaigns to fix? How do I know what messaging to fix? How do I know where I'm spending too money? Like, What, what other things am I drilling into?
1: Yeah, when, when I'm looking at CAC, I, I, I'm i usually looking at my different cohorts too, right? Like um, enterprise versus mid-market versus SMB. And mm-hmm. that's that's probably the first cohort that you look at. Um, and then you figure out, yeah, well, what are they from there? And, and, and by the way, I do think 10, 10 months is pretty good in SaaS for CAC It's
0: not bad, I, no, it's, but it's yeah. not great either. <laughs> you know, I, like, it's, I, was, I was shooting for like... Meh, all right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. all right. Well, I was gonna,
1: yeah. I was say. I want our <laughs> listeners Don't to aspire
0: for greatness, Brandon. For gra- okay. That. Greatness.
1: Yeah. Ten months. That's
0: it. Guys. Mediocre Come is not acceptable <laughs> if you're a Revamp <laughs> listener. We want you to be great.
1: Yeah. Get that cacta or that payback period down. Five. Four months. months. months you know, four here. months so, max. Four months. Jesus. <laughs> 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 uh, but uh, yeah, like uh, the first thing I would do is just look at my different cohorts, um, and then and then from there, like. At, kind of what we've been talking about over the last few podcasts, but it's like put on your, your Sherlock Holmes cap and uh, start to dig in what, what is not up to snuff, what, what is not up to where I expected it to be, and then trying to figure out why. Whether, yeah. that, whether that is sales performance, whether that is uh, certain channels not working well, wh- whatever. Something might be broken, the way you're calculating it might be broken, whatever that is. Totally. There's a lot of things to dig into.
2: And sometimes you just got to let those things run a little bit. Maybe you don't have enough data to make an assessment. So you have to kind of get out there and get some budgets and figure out what's coming in and then kind of evaluate after that. Because one thing I have seen is you start cutting the purse strings too early and then your business stops growing, even though you may be spending a little more than you're making. But sometimes at first, that's a benefit to do that. So you can get more clients and more lifetime value out of them.
0: Jonathan, what you've said is a really good point for everybody and, and both both of what you, you guys have said is it's breaking it out into segments, breaking it out into you know, different groups so you can start to analyze where you can optimize things and you could even break out CAC based on sourcing, right? Like you could go into like paid social CAC is this and organic search CAC is this, right? Like there's there's a way to do these things. It's gonna help you identify where to optimize. It's also super important and I know Randy Frisch was just a couple episodes ago and he said never timestamp content. Absolutely timestamp your CAC like, yeah. it, like it is It is the entire opposite thing. And I say this is important because I, I've seen a lot of companies that are like, oh, well, our CAC is this. And they're measuring it across the entire life of the business, which is great. You should, right? You should know that number. But that's a really lagging indicator. Because anything you do now, if, if, if your business is seven years old, and you're changing a bunch of things, trying to improve your CAC now, it's going to take years to actually influence that number across the entire business because you have a, a seven years worth of data in there, right? Whereas CAC, if you measure it quarter over quarter over quarter, is still a bit of a lagging indicator. It's still going to take some time to see those results, especially depending on your deal cycle, right? Like that's going to be a huge, huge piece of that. But quarter over quarter is going to let you see, okay, I tweaked these three segments. I tweaked our approach here. We stopped spending money here. We did a bunch of tra- sales training and our CAC has gotten better quarter over quarter right you've seen that incremental growth and that's going to help you continue to know where to invest versus changing a whole bunch of things like you said jonathan and then being like great it didn't affect the overall company's cac and like let's just abandon ship too early right which is hugely problematic
2: Mm -hmm. and not being able to isolate variables is important so like even something that's completely different like with the fish tank i'll bring up the fish tank so you, you may embrace, have. It. <laughs> embrace it. I love it. So it's like, a perfect example though, because you know, the temperature changes you at, you dose some iodine, you dose some certain things and you do too many variables at once and you see some improvement, but you have no idea what actually caused that improvement because there are too many changing variables. So the way you kind of understand what's working and what's not is you also don't change too many variables too quickly.
0: Only change variables that you can distinctly measure upon themselves, right? So like yep. like I can change some things on the marketing side and I can measure the effectiveness of the conversion rates of the ads that we've tweaked while simultaneously changing the deal process on the sales side and 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 measuring the deal velocity that that impacts, right? Like I can do those two things at the same time because I can measure them separately and independently. But to your point, if I can't measure it separately and independently, don't change five things that are one lump sum. Because I have no no idea which of those five things actually worked. So then in a year when they say, hey, what'd you do? I'm like,
2: I Something worked.
0: I guess we did these five things because we have to do all five again to see
2: what
0: happens. <laughs> <laughs> um, interesting. Well, Anything else? What else on CAC? I, I think
1: well, well, what, one other thing that I think is actually important is actually looking at it on a gross adjusted margin basis too. Because that'll actually tell you profitability, right? Um,
0: and and probably define, define it for us. Give give us how to do that. Uh,
1: yeah. Okay. For sure. So so you would take your average customer like your average cost, divide it by divide by the, the average revenue per user times your gross margin, and then take that multiply it by twelve because you have twelve months.
0: Ah, uh, okay. Everybody listening, we will make sure that that is out. out <laughs> make sure that is written out as a formula. In our does does it so, feel like
1: parentheses oh, in no, there? Really, that, yeah,
0: that's like, like, I'm envisioning it, but yeah, like there's like a parenthesis here, and a parenthesis there. Like these have to happen first, totally. But like, no, put it in there. Alec Paul says, formula noted. By the way, I'm not wearing my glasses. I had to zoom in a (laughs) (laughs) lot. Wildly embarrassing. (laughs) Oh, no.
2: I hope we get that on video. Yeah. (laughs) It's on video. We will put that on LinkedIn. (laughs)
1: i I think it is probably something that earlier stage companies look at less because they just care more about getting users um Mm -hmm. and you know more as you're getting into your a and b rounds where yeah they they actually want to know is this something sustainable like they're they're not backing just an idea anymore they're actually backing execution
2: yeah Mm -hmm. once you're kind of at the mercy of your shareholders it's a whole different game
1: yeah exactly uh, yeah. and and again, it's about measuring profitability. Totally, because right. you're, you're 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 factoring your margins and,
0: and projected account. future profitability, and, and what it gives you the ability to forecast. Like, if I dump this amount of revenue into my ability to generate revenue, like this is how much a return I'll see on that investment, right? Because ostensibly, you can scale that across. Like, that's what you're looking for. It, it,
1: exactly, exactly, and, and yeah, that that's that's also where your your CAC ratio comes in. We, right. I don't think we ever defined. CAC ratio.
0: Did, or did we? Do we define CAC ratio? It's just LTV divided by CAC, right? Like, <laughs> LTV and <laughs> oh, CAC ratio?
1: Oh, yeah, the, the marketing expense is divided by the, the number yeah. of, yeah. There you go. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, all right, so so there's, there's one other way I want to take this because CAC is a very, all of these, the CAC, CAC payback ratio, CAC LTV ratio, CAC ratio, all of those are very important things to look at. And they're very good ways to identify what to fix, I think, and what where to make incremental improvement. And I think we've done a good job of sort of highlighting how we would do that, segmentize everything, go in and analyze how it, how it looks across different things, keep it quarterly, keep it even monthly. That way you can track what your changes are happening in real time. Tweak things throughout the entire revenue process and see what impact they have. Only tweak things that you can measure independently at the same time. That way you can you move fast obviously you want to be able to tweak four or five things at a time but you want to be able to measure which one's working so make sure you're doing that responsibly Um, continue to measure continue to iterate i want to do another thing with cac because i have one off the top of my head that i know people do and i think it's like the most horrifying practice what not to do if you have a bad cac like and the number one thing that i see everybody do is our cac was bad so we changed our pricing and it's it a terrifying thing to me. And I get, like, logically, you're like, well, like, you know, our CAC, rate, our, our, our CAC payback period is bad. So we raised our pricing. Okay, great. Like, that totally makes sense. Like, okay, you, you know, your average customer is paying $500 and your customer acquisition cost is $500. Okay, double the price. And therefore, I, I get $1,000. My CAC payback period is now six months instead of 12, right? Super, super simple to see how you would land on that. It's super wrong.
1: <laughs> and, it, and it's wrong
0: because it's not value-based pricing, right? And, and right. We, to, we did a whole episode on pricing, I think, and, and value-based pricing is obviously the most important way to price. Now, what I would the nuance here is that if my CAC is bad, my CAC ratios, CAC payback period specifically, I might look at changing my pricing. That might be the catalyst for deciding, like, hey, I should take a look at this, but it can absolutely not be the reason that I'm changing my pricing because you will screw everything else up. If I double my pricing, I actually maybe just get less customers and like great my CAC is fixed, but I am and I made way bigger downstream problems than, than I had previously, right? And so, for me, that's, like, top of mind of, like, hey, don't do this. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, like maybe go look at it, but, like, don't use it as the reason why you want to change pricing. It's not a good justification because I can tell you that if you go to a customer that you're working with and say, hey, the price has doubled, and they say why, and you're like, well, our customer acquisition cost was just too high. <laughs> they're not going to want to pay because of that. Like, nope. it's just, that's not the value they're getting. Um What else? What What are other things that you're like? Hey, just absolutely don't do this.
1: Yeah, if if my payback period starts starts to slip and it continues to slip, um, like honestly, look at what is the biggest one of the biggest line items in in your marketing budget? It's your headcount, right? So is it is it because maybe you just hired a VP or a CMO or you know whatever that might be? and just just make sure you're you're taking that stuff into account yeah. before you're hiring too.
0: Uh, like basically, right? don't hit, don't hit panic without realizing you've you've screwed your cacs for the short term by investing in a bunch of headcount things like that. that.
1: Ex- exactly, and, and I mean you you see this happen a lot too before um, either acquisitions or before any liquidity event. But they like lay off a bunch of people and like our cac is great.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. oh, dude, anytime people IPO. You can watch them just like minimize headcount. Yeah, like, yeah oh, exactly. Oh, like, oh, but our customer acquisition cost has gone is like six x, or like it's in it <laughs> yeah. six months. They're like, well, oh, yeah, you fired half your marketing staff, and then they do the creative things of like we let half our marketing staff go, and then we hired a bunch of consultants and PR firms and blah 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 and ag- agencies, but those don't count because we're not paying them directly, right? Like, <laughs> they get all creative with it, but yeah, like it's 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 absolute nonsense.
2: Yeah, I've seen a lot of big companies just become super top heavy and they've got maybe one or two people actually doing the work and then like four people managing them who don't do any of the work <laughs> and then that is a disaster. So yeah. that is definitely one thing to look at. And I think also technology spend is something you're also mm-hmm. going to look at and make sure you're not spending too much on your tech stack.
0: Or or even the same to Brandon's, you know, point before, like don't panic about your CAC just be without thinking, oh, I just hired five people. Same thing. Mm-hmm. If you just if you've just bought two tools that are $200,000 each, your CAC is going way up this next corner. Mm. It doesn't matter what you do. <laughs> exactly. and, 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 and your CAC is going to adjust very rapidly. As your sales team grows, as your marketing team grows, as you buy new tech, as you do all those things, it's going to go up. What you want is that you can offset that by acquiring that many more customers, right, and, and actually doing that. So um, super interesting.
2: In the marketing world, there is just so much technology to get your hands on, and it's it's wonderful and dangerous at the same time.
0: It's dangerous to have you on my team pinging me once a week about something you want to (laughs) talk. Can we get
2: this? Can
1: we get that? Have you seen
0: this tool? Man, we really need something to solve this problem. I get that message all the time, (laughs) and it's always a different problem. And then he's like, "This is this is a top two problem for us right now, (laughs) higher than the other seven problems you've had the last two months." The I know top we have to that top problem. Top to By say, the yeah, way, I'm we've been go. operating without solving that problem for two years. It'll be a l- all right a little bit longer. <laughs> <all right. laughs>
2: I got to drive that urgency.
0: <laughs> I know you do. But you use that line a lot. I get that one a lot. This is a top two problem for our business. <laughs> <laughs> and you know you say it.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> all right. Anything else on CAC before we move on? Uh, uh,
1: geez. Okay, and we'll, maybe we'll save it for our like three oh one episode because <laughs> we've already spent <laughs> most of the time on CAC. you right? I'm
0: only choosing. I only have one more metric that I think will be pretty fast, and then we have actually okay. like, maybe a lengthy this week on LinkedIn. I actually assumed CAC was like seven metrics that we were going to have to talk about, so I kind of set that aside for the whole thing. That and by that fun. I mean I just didn't have time to prep this week, so that's what we're talking about. Um, but, <laughs> this is us on low
1: prep. <laughs> uh,
0: but the only other metric. The Marketing side metric that everybody tracks to. I don't think there'll be a single person that listens and says, Hey, we have no idea what we're doing here. If you are, interesting, call me. I want to hear about it. Um, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> like, like, I, I don't know how you're, how you're managing things, but pipeline, right? Total pipeline created. And not really anything to define this. We'll, we'll do a whole episode, probably with like John Miller or somebody that's much smarter than the three of us, about attribution at some point. But essentially, when we're talking about a pipeline goal for marketing, is how much pipeline is marketing generated or plus how much pipeline is marketing influencing right like those are two different things but we want to measure and have pipeline goals because marketing is trying to create pipeline ultimately that's the end goal of marketing is to fill the funnel so your sales reps can close things i'd love to hear anybody who call me that you know isn't tracking how much pipeline marketing is generated i think that would be quite fascinating to hear how that goes and you know i don't think i'm the best at it so let's let's hear it uh, but we track the crap out of it here it's a super important metric how do you guys
2: use it, pipeline? It drives everything we do. So everything we're measured on, everything we analyze, we, we make sure we're maximizing the pipeline we're bringing into the business at all facets of our of our uh, department.
1: Very true. <laughs> like that. That is that. Like that. That is the absolute <laughs> number one thing that all marketers yeah. should be looking at every single freaking day. And it, it it's kind of like the. The thing to say on LinkedIn these days that it's like um, marketers should be held to revenue. I, I actually disagree with that. Marketers should be held to pipeline, hundred mm-hmm. percent pipeline. Yep, like yeah. sure, revenue is a downstream metric of that, but I, as a marketer. Um, I have less control over what happens after something becomes pipeline, right? You, you um, know,
0: you know. I actually, I, I, totally disagree with the revenue concept. Like, yeah, I, th- I think that's nonsense. Like, y- y'all, don't get to close. You don't even get to exactly. convert. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah like, exactly. Yeah. Deal, right? um, and it, it would be like holding, would uh, be holding the design team accountable for like revenue. It doesn't make any sense. No, it's, no, just, right. like, it's just nonsense. Um, but what I would say, I also it. I think a lot of businesses struggle with this, and and maybe they don't even acknowledge it. I have a hard time saying, hey, marketing is only accountable for marketing-generated pipeline, because what that does Mm -hmm. is it creates friction in our operation. And and I mean that because then sales is cold calling people, SDRs are cold calling people, and they want to get credit for it. Marketing wants to get credit for generating pipeline, and these two teams are now fighting over who created this opportunity, which attribution we'll talk about, but no matter how good your attribution model, there's always going to be a little bit of this. Like, okay, who actually gets credit for this? Or, worst case, you have a great attribution model, and it has firm rules in place that say, hey, if, if you know marketing call, like generates the lead six mo- within six months of converting, it's it's a uh, marketing generated, right? Great, that's totally fine, that's super clear. But now what I would have done if I told my AEs and SDRs that they want credit for it, they shouldn't call any leads that marketing generated in the last six months. So I've just disincentivized them, right? And so I'm a huge fan of actually holding marketing accountable to the entire pipeline. How much total new logo pipeline have you generated? And that's because I want marketing to help cold outbound too. Like ABM stuff goes into play, right? And if if sales adds an account and starts targeting them, I want marketing to start sending ads at them. I want them to start sending emails at people that account tertiary them. Like it's a joint effort. Back to Jonathan's point earlier, one team, one dream, right? But (laughs) if I hold them just accountable to a marketing pipeline number, I am creating friction by definition, by incentive, right? And, and, and that's hugely problematic. And that's the way ninety-eight percent of people do it right now. I think everybody does it that way, and I think it's yeah. wrong.
2: And it becomes like sales and marketing aren't on the same team; they're competing for right. business right. for the same team. But right. and, and, and sales rep team, team, goes, yeah.
0: "Oh, marketing stole this. It was mine. It was outbound." And then marketing <laughs> does the same <laughs> right. thing. Like it yeah, is yeah. like, "Oh my god!" Like, guys, just be happy. And the worst part about this. Is it tends to happen right after you've closed a big deal. So mm-hmm. your, your sales team closed a hundred thousand dollar deal. <laughs> yeah, who gets of, credit? And instead of celebrating, you have to have an internal meeting where you all yell at each other about who gets credit. <laughs> it's the dumb it, it is wasted energy, it is disincentivizing for everybody involved in that conversation. It fundamentally misaligns your revenue operation as a whole. And it just creates disgruntled people. No matter who gets credit, the other side is angry. Right. Tough so up. like mm-hmm. and, and then you get the caveats of like, yeah, like it, in the board meeting we you know, we we generated two million, but really it was like two point five. There was some stuff that's you know, marketing stole from us. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just nonsense. It just it creates friction all the way to the top. And so I am a huge fan of total pipeline. Marketing is responsible marketing has a total pipeline goal. That's and- it.
2: To add to that, I'd say one huge issue I've seen a lot of businesses do is be too restrictive on what they can qualify as pipeline, and then you end up kind of messing up your spend on the marketing side. And you're going to take paid dollars down, and you may stop doing certain initiatives because you're too restrictive on what can qualify as pipeline. Then all of a sudden, you're you're losing business, and you're you're gone a downtrend.
0: It's a really good point. If you're struggling with pipeline, is it because you're not actually Qualifying the ops that should be qualified. That's a good question to ask from every for every lead source. Doesn't really matter, right? Because if I look at it and go like, hey, we are actually really struggling with generating pipeline, but like we're still closing business and we're working all these deals that are like pre-qual, like, should they just be qualified? It's a good question to ask. Mm-hmm. Right? What else? Totally. I, yeah,
1: no, I, I think that one's that one's a that one's such a tricky one, and and one that I think a lot of people get in trouble with, though too, right? Um, mm-hmm. Because I mean, we we, could, we kind of touch on this last episode, but it's like I I, I know a friend who they they it's qualified pipeline as soon as the SDR books a meeting, whereas yeah, a lot of that's
0: cool. yeah,
1: right? Like, is that actually qualified pipeline or? Yeah.
0: It's it, it certainly hasn't been qualified. Marketing qualified. Yeah, it's, it's
1: marketing qualified. Marketing qualified. But then you gotta like you gotta work it uh you know top down and bottom up. You gotta say are my are my conversion rates are my close rates going up or down too at the same time, yeah. right? Because it, 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 I mean that's another that's another reason why you pay attention to your pipeline is um it will predict. Bow roughly how much you're going to be closing in whatever your your cycle length is, right? So if right. our easy math is if our if our uh, cycle length is you know three months, uh, in three months next quarter, if like if I'm short on pipeline right now, next quarter I can pretty I can predict with relative accuracy that they're not going to hit the sales number,
0: yeah. right, and
1: then sales <laughs> is going to be come back and yelling at me <laughs> right. as a marketer, right?
0: And it's the, and, and on the inverse you can also look at it like. I can look at our pipeline the next two quarters, and I'm like, hell yeah, we're have good. Next six months are going to be exactly, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's going to be great. <laughs> like, yeah. and which is a great feeling, and that's a, that's a wonderful place to be. I'm 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 loving it right now. Um, but <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> but uh, but but for sure, I mean, like, it, it's such a powerful metric. It's also so important that it's again an honest metric, right? Like. Just having it be preschool or even too early, too late to add to pipeline is is going to hinder your ability to forecast. Is going to hinder your team's confidence in their ability to hit goals. It's it's just going to hinder your whole business in, in ways that are unreasonable. So nailing that, like when is something actually qualified, is super important. By the way, fun story. Like ten years ago, when I was first starting out in operations, I did sales ops and CS ops, and then I sort of like absorbed marketing. And we had like two marketers at like 120 person customer, and they were just drowning all the time.
2: Oh And, God. and,
0: and yeah, there was just, like just absolute chaos. Um, they kept sending me things like, and I had no, I literally I was a lawyer before that, so I had no idea what marketing was. Right? Like <laughs> lawyers don't market like, unless you're still a social security lawyer. It doesn't happen. Um, the, one of the marketers kept saying like, "Oh, we're giving you like these marketing qualified leads," and I, in my mind, it took me like a month to realize that that meant he wasn't calling them and qualifying them. Because <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you call it qualified if you didn't like qualify them like, <laughs> and he's like no it just meets our definition i'm like it's a, it's a weird phrase i don't like this i still don't like it like, in general, i don't like that we use qualified for that but whatever common nomenclature i get it fine <laughs> um bit of a tangent today bit of a rant I'm passionate. I'm passionate about the pipeline one um any other thoughts on this
1: um, I mean, yeah.
0: every time I ask that, you look like you have like forty-three things. I know. No, it's do. like, oh my god! Like,
1: what, what do I want to and say? Where do
0: I? <laughs> out of you right now. Um, All right, well, moving on.
2: Okay, okay, let's, let's move on. Let's move on. Yeah, that what <laughs> else question could get you? Yeah, <laughs> it's like Jesus Christ! What else do I want to say? here? Where do I start?
0: Well, you guys haven't done nearly enough sales training to understand the the what elsees and the. All <laughs> <laughs> right. This week on LinkedIn. I actually have to put my glasses on because this is a very long question, but I, I've, I've actually met this person in person and uh, asked some question. Alec, you're the nerd. Our producer just called me a nerd in the chat, and I don't appreciate it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right, so this week's question comes from David. We use a sales engagement platform for semi-cold and cold outbound. Currently, the platform is set up to push any new name into Salesforce as a lead. And we then add a raw status to keep that person out of the marketing-generated funnel. They then are worked through the stages, bypassing MQL and eventually being converted into an op. My marketing head is pushing back and wants to have those go in as a contact until they show interest, which would then have the AE create a lead from the contact Run it through this lead stages, then convert and match it back to the contact when creating the account and opportunity. I've never seen this before. No. Is this a method we should consider? <laughs> no. I uh, <laughs> no. before
2: you even asked. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I explained why, though. David, David needs to know why. Oh, I exact, I man. This, when I read this, I was like, oh, man, I just had a visceral reaction to this. But Yeah. But, so what,
2: you guys you guys know how I feel about data, and that is just creating a data mess oh my god the duplications like you've got systems that are connecting to your crm that need to see one record not two so you've got two records all of a sudden you've got data in two places it you've got people calling two people calling them don't do that that is just a disaster
0: also like creating a duplicate and then converting it back in you'd have to give crazy permissions in Salesforce just so people could dedupe, period, because everybody would have to be empowered to do that, which would mm-hmm. be nuts. And, and like data, the data wouldn't map over when you convert, because only certain things map over. That's going to be unmanageable, just absolutely untenable. It also is going to flaw all of your reporting, because you're going to have leads and contacts in both buckets, and you're reporting on them twice. And when you're looking at sales and marketing, that's going to be absolute nonsense as well. Um, <laughs> and it's going to be a terrible workflow for your sellers that they're just not going to follow to begin with, because it's just not going to work. And so so, yeah, I mean, absolute no.
2: You need a single view of the customer, not a multi-view of the customer. Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and and what, I would, what I would recommend, and you guys could tell me this, your thoughts on it, is you're actually doing it wrong now, too, you shouldn't have your sales enablement platform also be creating leads marketing creates leads totally. sales enablement platform creates contacts like they, mm-hmm. they delineate those two things and when a lead converts to having a conversation they become a contact that is how salesforce is built yeah <laughs> it's mm-hmm. actually designed to do this and so i that's a simple fix but in my mind even just having it right now they're having it created as a lead switch that have them created as a contact all sales created contacts are contacts and all marketing created contacts are leads until they take a meeting convert whatever right
2: yeah it just sounds like it's this is a friction creator too like we were talking about earlier like this is just gonna be sales versus marketing you're gonna create a whole bunch of friction between your departments,
0: right and and i'm gonna create data that i lose when i convert it because i I don't know if people know this but when you convert a marketing is going to add a bunch of data to that lead and then when they convert it back into the contact and dedupe it you're going to merge data over across each other, and mm-hmm. you're going to lose some of that marketing data, and you're going to hit that friction point where marketing is like, "Well, no, but they did these campaigns; it's just not on the record," like, <laughs> or the inverse, right? Like yeah. it just doesn't yeah. make sense.
2: And maybe that's what sales wants. Maybe they know that, and yeah, that's why they maybe, want to do maybe, this. Maybe so. that's,
0: well, it's, it's the marketing head pushing back and wanting this. get a new head of marketing. is my yeah, advice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. That's, that's a marketing. He you now send this episode to, to his team. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh,
2: um, yeah, that was
0: <laughs> But um, sort of, sort of giving all this, um, it's a really easy fix. Have it created as contacts. Have it created as leads. By the way, the other like thing that's super, super easy. If anybody's like, "Oh, we want it to be a lead. We want to do this thing." The most simple way to think about this is your your sales team is already calling this person, right? They're already trying to reach out to him and do this, and. If you create a lead, there's a high probability that somebody else is also going to start calling and emailing that same person because they're going to be a duplicate in your org. And you're going to have two sellers going after the same person or worse – that person's going to get an email from sales, and then six minutes later, they're going to get a marketing email that's totally unrelated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's a really bad buyer's experience, and you are creating that risk. And you might think, oh, we don't do it at scale that that's going to happen. It will absolutely happen. It'll happen probably in the first week, and it'll happen 30 times a week after that. And once you've screwed up with that customer, they're never going to buy from you. You've burned it forever. Yep. And mm-hmm. so, and you know what yeah. that's going to do? It's going to screw your cack, just saying. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think it all starts with just marketing and sales having that relationship. That CMO and that CSO need to get together and come up with a game plan as far as how they're going to work these leads. But isolating them out and doing your own thing on each side of the fence is not the answer.
0: No, it's terrible. It's misalignment. It's 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 intentionally misaligning. Totally agree. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right, David, you're welcome. Don't send this episode to your marketing head. We were totally joking. <laughs> Keep him there. We love him. We hope he talks to us, gives us the next question. Awesome.
1: Good luck. <laughs> All right, everybody.
0: Good luck. Yeah, good luck. Um, thank you, everybody, for, for joining in this week. I know it's a, it a fun episode for me, at least. And um, follow us on social. Give us five stars on Apple. If you're still here and you're not happy about us, message me. Don't give us one star. I'm uh, sorry. Sorry, marketing head. Don't go give us one star. We love you. (laughs) Um, follow us all on social and send us your this week on LinkedIn questions so we can uh, answer them without burning bridges for you in the future Uh, cool anything else guys
1: Um, only that I have so much anxiety that we didn't talk about a lot of stuff on the pipeline episode. <laughs> we'll do another episode <laughs> on Pipeline. I'm like, it's yeah, going oh, through my, my head. It's like, oh my God, there's so much we've talked about still. I,
0: I feel like you've just volunteered to host an episode. I, I like, totally one. Yeah. yeah. I, think, do I think we're going to do uh, an episode where you host. We, we've had, by the way, there's been one episode where I didn't host, which everybody will have heard by now, yeah. which, which I'm welcome to other times not doing, although I will <laughs> still be the host, just so you know. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, the, I, think we're, I think we've signed you up. You're you're hosting an episode on pipeline.
2: Deal, deal. Just don't make me host. I'll feel like Garth on Wayne's World, just sitting there all silent. <laughs> <laughs>
0: even, even that joke landed about as well as you hosting would.
2: So. <laughs> Wayne. <laughs> Alright, till next time, guys. See you next time. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.